You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of the Divorced Christian Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Please visit the website when you get a chance, thedivorcechristian.com, thedivorcechristian.com. We have information regarding the book. All of our teachings on this platform are based on the book that I wrote, The Divorced Christian. That book is available on amazon.com or you can purchase it on the website. We also have information regarding this podcast show as well as another platform I just started, which is YouTube. I am teaching this subject of divorce on YouTube. If you check the description of today's episode, you'll find links that will take you right to the YouTube page if you're interested. And I'm kind of teaching it from a different angle on that platform, but it does allow me to do the visuals with the scriptures and other things to help us understand this subject of divorce. If you've been listening for a while, you know my stance on the subject of divorce. It is one of the worst taught subjects in the Christian faith. There's very little understanding of the subject. And so I did a deep study on it beginning in 2021. And I uncovered so much information that we find in the scriptures. I put it all in the book. So check that book out when you get a chance. You can also download a free PDF of chapter one and chapter 14, where I go through, I think, the most important information regarding Jesus teachings on the subject of divorce and adultery. And they're mentioned in vague because he was teaching or talking to Jews that understood the law of Moses. They understood their culture. And so Jesus teachings based on the law of Moses is something that did not need to be clarified. But for us, it needs to be taught. It needs to be understood. And it makes Jesus teachings on the subject that much more clearer and drastically different than what we've taught in the church. So on today, we're going to look at the teachings of Jesus in regards to an adulterous marriage. This is episode 32, Jesus teachings on adulterous marriages. It's kind of a continuation of last week's episode where I explained that Jesus never said you can get divorced for adultery. So please go back, check out episode 31, and then join us again for episode 32. The podcast shows on every platform. It's on Apple Podcasts. It is on Spotify. And on the subject of divorce and Christianity, we are number one with listeners in 47 countries. If you like our show, please, please, please rate our show. That's important. Also send us feedback. We would love to hear from you. And of course, the email address is also in the description of today's episode. So let's begin with Jesus teachings on the subject of an adulterous marriage. It's important that we understand when it came to the law of Moses, there were two types of marriages that were forbidden. That were forbidden. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but they were technically um, unlawful based on the law of Moses. And this is one of the marriages that Jesus is referring to when we highlight uh, Matthew 19, verse 9. We highlight Matthew 5, verse 32, uh, maybe even Mark 10, verses 11 and 12. 
Luke chapter 16, verse 18. This is really what Jesus is pointing to. The second unlawful marriage is not mentioned within this context. So we're going to actually look at both of these unlawful types of marriages and have a better understanding of the law of Moses. And then we're going to look at scriptures to see how this played out in the Old Testament. Because we remember these were Old Testament laws established by Moses when they left Egypt. Now, the first type of unlawful marriage was the adulterous marriage. The second type of unlawful marriage was the ancestral marriage. And we'll cover that on next week. So let's deal with the adulterous marriage on today. As I keep highlighting, adultery was punishable by death. It was a capital punishment. Um, And at some point, we're going to go through that process of what the adulterous uh, those charged with adultery would that experience look like? Because it was it was a big deal. It was capital punishment. Now, if the woman was found guilty of adultery, the husband could not forgive her. It was not permitted to bring a sin offering. Guilt of this crime was punishable by death. And if you notice, I keep saying if the woman was found, but the law of adultery pretty much applied to married women. And we went through over this, how the language of the law is similar to our U.S. Constitution. So each word is significant in the establishing of the law. And adultery was defined as uh, a physical relationship with a woman, a married woman. So that law did not apply to single women, did not apply to divorced women, did not apply to apply to widows and If a married man had a relationship with a woman that was not married, it also was not viewed as adultery. And this is because of the law of polygamy, which allowed the man to have multiple wives. So the law of adultery only applied in cases where a married woman was involved. If a man was involved with a married woman, whether he was single or married, he was still labeled an adulterer. And by definition of the law, the man was then killed along with the woman. And from what I'm reading, it was done through strangulation or at times it was done through stoning. We can find this law in Leviticus 20 verse 10. The man that committeth adultery with another man's wife. You see the language? Even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. And there's other scriptures, but this scripture will suffice. Now, when it came to the law of an adulterous marriage, this was very different than the laws of adultery. And so the adulterous marriage, as we've covered several times on this podcast show, This is one of those laws that you don't find written in the scripture, but you do find in several stories. So we're going to highlight those stories on today. So very quickly, an adulterous marriage would be a result of a woman being married. Her man, her husband goes off either on business or possibly off to battle, at which point he does not return. Now, the woman legally cannot remarry. She would take on the status of aguna. Aguna was a woman that was chained to her husband. She has a living husband somewhere. 
And until there is proof of his death, she is not able to remarry. And of course, the priest, everyone, uh, keep in mind the context. These were very small towns. So they would have 300 people, 800 people. I mean, it was not large communities. So everyone knows everyone's story. And so the priests were required um, or were not permitted to remarry a woman in this sort of situation. He could only remarry a woman if her husband dies or if she presents to him a bill of divorcement. And of course, in that case, the priest would know whether or not the woman is divorced or not. But that document, which was written by a scribe, had to be given to the woman during the divorce process. Remember, the ketubah is the marriage agreement. So the ketubah would be given to the husband because she would receive it when they got married at their wedding. This is the man's, the husband's agreement to the wife, all that he's going to do as her husband. She receives that in writing. The ketubah at her wedding is read to the the audience, those that came to the wedding, the witnesses. She takes that item home, the ketubah, and she hangs it up in her house. And then once they got divorced, that ketubah was then given to the husband once he fulfilled the obligation. What was the obligation? Whatever he agreed to before marriage that she was to receive if he divorced her. So she receives that from the husband. He, she gives the ketubah to the husband The husband then gives her the bill of divorcement, which was written by the scribe. So the woman is stuck. Husband's disappeared. Don't know where he is. She could die in this state, Aguna, for the rest of her life. And at some point, we're going to take a turn with our teaching and take a very hard look at the plight of the Aguna, because I believe this was a major issue Jesus was pushing on with their time, their culture, and it's still occurring today. And so the woman could only be freed from marriage by receiving proof of a witness, two or three witnesses, to corroborate the story that her husband died. And in doing so, the woman was free to remarry. She enters into another marriage, at which point down the road, she's now married, might have a few children, and the former husband turns up alive. Well, now we have a problem because her first marriage is still viewed as legal and binding, which now means the second marriage is thus viewed as illegal and now is labeled an adulterous marriage. The woman is viewed as an adulteress. The the man that she married is viewed as an adulterer. And so by law, they were required to divorce the woman, the man. So the former husband, first husband, has to issue her a divorce. And the second husband is now required to divorce her. And she cannot marry either one of them ever again, even if one of them dies. So they're off limits forever. But she is permitted to enter into a third marriage. Now, this creates a major issue with inheritance because any children birthed in that second marriage are not legal. This now means that they take on the status of mamzer, which is really that of a bastard. So they don't receive the inheritance being now illegitimate children, which is not the definition we preach in church. We use a Western definition, a Western culture to define a lot of these, these biblical terms, but an illegitimate child in 
Israel was a child birthed in one of these sort of scenarios, an adulterous marriage. Now, when we apply this law to what Jesus is explaining in all these passages here, in, in Matthew 19, verse 9, in Matthew 5, verse 32, in Mark 10, 11, and 12, in Luke 16, verse 18, we find this law is exactly what Jesus is stating over and over. So we'll just take Matthew 19, verse 7. As we recall, it's important we understand this, the law pertaining to divorce. Let's go first to Deuteronomy chapter 24. This passage spells out the laws of marriage, which I've never heard taught by Christians. It explains the laws of marriage and explains the laws of divorce. We only look at the divorce. So when a man takes a wife, that's the first requirement and marries her requirement number two. So that's your betrothal and the marriage ceremony where the vows are now exchanged. When a woman enters into her betrothal, she is now a legally married woman off limits. She cannot be taken by another man nor by her husband. She cannot be touched by her husband until the exchanging of the vows. So those are the two steps for marriage as outlined by Moses in the law of Moses. The two steps for divorce was then let him write a bill of divorcement, place it in her hand and send her out of his house. So those two requirements was the bill of divorcement, which is done through a priest with the scribe present witnesses that were not related to either couple and non family members were required to be present. And then they had to send the woman away. She had to be sent out of the house. This word for sending the wife away, which is really the same concept as put away that we find in the New Testament. The word is spelled S-A-L-A-H, where he says send her. Same exact word you find when Abraham sent Hagar away. So Moses was taking experiences from the patriarchs and writing this in as a legal process within the law of Moses. So these are your two steps. Divorce, send away. We go to the New Testament in their conversation. Jesus explains these two steps. Um, we'll find it in Matthew 5. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. He reversed the order. Let him give her. So first divorce her and then put her away. That's what Jesus is explaining. These are the two steps. He says in verse 32, but I say that whosoever shall put away his wife, except for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. These are a separate law that Jesus is discussing. Let's go through it because he's saying the same thing in Matthew 19. Whosoever shall put away, that's the second step. They weren't following the first step. They weren't divorcing their wives. They were simply just putting them away. In the New Testament, we have two words, apolio. Apolio means to put away or send away. The word divorce means is apostasion. That's divorcement or repudiation. And so Jesus used both those words in Matthew 5, verse 31. But you do not find the word divorced used in verse 32. Instead of that word divorce, we once again find the word apolio. So sending away. So whoever shall send away his wife 
causes her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is a polio sent away commits adultery. Why? Because the woman is not divorced. They did not follow the two steps required by the law of Moses. Very easy to understand and follow. But what Jesus is describing here is the adulterous marriage. He's describing a man sent his wife away. And what Jesus is saying now, this woman who's been sent away, if she enters into another marriage, she's now labeled an adulteress. Why? Because she was never divorced and her husband's still living. And the man that marries her is also viewed as an adulterer. Now, this is where the trouble lies, is Jesus is describing a scenario that can never, listen to me, it can never happen in Israel. Why? Because priests would never marry a woman without a get. She had to have her bill of divorcement. It had to be presented to the priests. Here's an Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 50, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? So this was a normal experience. This is how divorce worked in Israel. They had to present their bill of divorcement so that the woman can enter into her next marriage. So the scenario that Jesus describes in Israel is really impossible. There was no way for them to enter into these type of marriages that will be labeled adulterous by definition, according to the law of Moses. So there's two reasons why Jesus was pushing on this. Reason number one was this didn't really apply to the men. The woman had to present a bill of divorcement to remarry, but the men were not required to do so because of the ability to have multiple wives. The law of polygamy allowed the men to take a different route to enter into a second marriage. So they were not following the law of Moses. They were simply putting the wives away, sending them away or abandoning their wives. And then they would just go and enter into another marriage. Why would they do this? We already covered this because they were legally required to give the dowry back to the wife. Plus, whatever they agreed and wrote into the ketubah, the wife was to receive upon their divorcement. He now had to give her that as well. So to avoid this crazy expense, the men used this loophole to get around being stuck in these marriages and not being able to remarry. But the women were stuck. And that's where we have this concept of aguna, which was back in the day of Moses, back in Jesus days and is still going on today in the Jewish community. It is something they don't want to talk about. It's a black eye to them. It's one of those things, a part of their community that they keep quiet. And we're going to discuss that in length at some point. But let's go back to what Jesus was explaining. Um, let me hammer this. Saving for the cause of fornication. Um, in those cases, if it was a case of adultery, mandatory death or once the laws changed as Rome took over it was mandatory divorcement and in doing so if a woman ended up divorced in these sort of scenarios then she did not receive the agreement the ketubah she forfeited her ketubah and this was not just on for the, these acts of uncleanness or fornication but it was more to this list 
And maybe at some point we'll circle back around to kind of cover this aspect of how women lost their ketubas. So applying this understanding makes these passages read with more clarity. If you put your wife away, you separate from your wife and you marry another woman, then you've committed adultery because you're still married to your wife. And Jesus kept saying this over and over and over And so now let's highlight a very important current event that was transpiring during Jesus' time. Let's begin with Mark 10 at verse 11. Jesus said unto them, whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. Verse 12, and if a a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Let's look at the marriage between King Herod. He marries his brother's wife. This is the same relationship that John the Baptist spoke out against. So I'm going to read this passage, Mark chapter 6, verse 16. This is Herod hearing about Jesus. It says, but when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He has risen from the dead. Verse 17, for Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Verse 18, for John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Now, John's argument was about the relationship, which falls under the ancestral category. And we'll deal with that in more detail. But what happened was Philip's wife, Herodias, divorced him. And there's a passage written by the the Greek historian Josephus. In Antiquitous 18.5.4, Josephus writes, after the birth of Herodias' daughter, Salome, with her husband, Herod Philip, this is quotes, Herodias took upon her to confound the law of our country and divorced herself from her husband while he was alive and was married to Herod Antipas, her husband's brother by the father's side. He was tetriarch of Galilee. Now, as I said, women could not divorce their husbands. They could not initiate a divorce. There were reasons why a woman could divorce her husband, but that had to be done through the court where the court would then go to the husband and persuade the husband to initiate the the divorce. And one such reason was for a man being sterile. And there's other lists such as diseases. And so we'll go through that at some another point. But other than that, the woman could not initiate the divorce, which then makes her second marriage illegal. So this is an example of an adulterous marriage and an example of a current event. Now, mind you, John the Baptist, the mention of his death is Mark chapter six. This conversation Jesus is having is Mark Mark 10, where he's talking about how a woman could not put away her husband. So it's very interesting because more than likely, that's what Jesus was talking about, the incident that led to his cousin's death. Here's another example of a adulterous marriage. We covered this in more detail of David, where his wife, uh, they called, they pronounce it Mikael. 
the youngest daughter of King Saul. She marries David. He goes on the run trying to avoid death by her father. And then he's gone for years. And when he returns, he finds that she was married to a man, Filthy. And this marriage was not a legal marriage because everyone knew David was still alive. He was not dead. So he called for his wife to come. He made a deal with Abner, made a deal with um, Saul's son, Ishbuseth, and said, send me my wife who I paid the bridal price for. I, I gave the foreskins of the Philistines for this woman. And so they legally had to send his wife to him. They couldn't say she's married to another man. That second marriage was considered an illegal marriage. And I already explained they never consummated the marriage. Otherwise, David would have been defiled according to Deuteronomy chapter 24. So David did not have to divorce her, which would have been the requirement according to the law of Moses. Now, here's another example. In Judges chapter 15, we have the story of Samson. And Samson married this Philistine woman. And then we have this whole story of the riddle. He gets angry. And then he leaves for a period of time. And in Judges 15, verse 1, he comes back after the wheat harvest. He comes to visit his wife and he finds out his wife had been given to his companion. Very interesting because Samson does not take his wife. He leaves. This woman was given to another man. And of course, they probably consummated the marriage. So according to the law of Moses, he could not take her back. It's amazing we find these three examples right in the scripture based on the law of Moses. And because of our lack of understanding of the laws of Moses, the fullness of the law of adultery, especially in regards to an adulterous marriage, it has led to error in teaching to fit a certain stance the church has taken that's really not even biblical. It's ruining some lives. People that were going to get married, but were told it's an adulterous marriage. And so share today's episode with somebody that needs to hear this information. And thank you for joining us on today. And until next time, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.